Welcome to Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf, episode 133. Hello, everyone. Tom Purcell again, and thanks so much for listening. We say it every time. If you're a first-time listener, long-time subscriber to the show, either way or somewhere in the middle, we don't care. We're just glad you found us. And this is a special time of the year. It's time for major championship on the women's side. The Wegmans LPGA Championship is going to be coming up right around the corner. And who better to join us than the Chief Communications Officer for the LPGA Tour, Mr. Craig Can? Craig, thanks so much. It's long overdue, my friend. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to come talk with you. Before we get started, we want to dive into the ladies' game and, and the challenges you guys have faced and conquered, but share with us a little bit about your background before you got into the position you're in now. Well, number one, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in if not for the Golf Channel, and um, I've been in television 25 years now. Um, now I'm kind of in television, but in a different way. I'm trying to help promote uh, the LPGA on TV and the players on TV. But um, I graduated from the University of Missouri back in 1988, so I'll date myself right there. And went into uh, local television in the news and sports arena and was a 6 and 11 o'clock sports anchor for a number of years. And then uh, back in 1994, had an opportunity to come interview at the Golf Channel and, and be one of the anchors from the get-go as uh, that idea was launched. And it was a great opportunity. I, I uh, spent 17-plus years there anchoring virtually every show on the network at one time or another, whether it be Golf Central or uh, the pre- or post-game show or an old show called Viewers Forum or Academy Live or Golf Talk Live. I did the play-by-play for a couple of years as well. So it was, um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, last year after the, uh, during the U.S. Open Week, I was in Washington, D.C. and was contacted by Mike Wan, the commissioner of the LPGA, and um, tossed an idea at me about potentially joining the tour, helping him take the LPGA to the next level as the chief communications officer. And I've been thinking, actually, about what I was going to do in five, ten years. been in TV a long time and worked weekends for 25 years, and I've got three kids. And I, I uh, always wanted to be able to use my experience to help other people. And um, I started my own consulting company on the side a few years back. And this was a perfect opportunity to do that. And um, instead of just making another show, perhaps, um, I'm making a difference, I hope. And so uh, that's what I'm trying to do with the LPGA Tour. Well, making a difference, you guys certainly are with this administration. You brought up the commissioner, Michael Wan. You know, a few years ago, you know, the LPGA wasn't in the state it's in now. It was borderline fragile, I'll put it politely. You guys really had some challenges in his administration, but so many things have happened. The players have bought in. Can you share a little bit about the vision and the dream that the commissioners shared with the, not only the sponsors, but the players and, and, and the roads you guys have faced over the last few years? Well, it's really not a destination. I don't know if you ever really have one. I think it's more about the journey, and, and um, that's what Mike sold me on, and, and uh, having a chance to help make a difference and take the LPJ players and the brand to the next level. Um, I'm a big believer in a saying that I, I use with my kids and anybody else, that a goal without a plan is just a wish. And I think we have a really good plan. I think we've uh, gotten back to the basics at the LPGA, realizing that a few years ago, and I, I certainly realized this as a member of the media, the LPGA was uh, was a fragile property, and um, I think what was important was to get back to treating the customer first and taking good care of the sponsors and the fans that support the tour. Um, it's great to have new sponsors and create new three-year contracts, but you can never forget the, the customers or the sponsors that have been with the LPGA for 30-plus years, and um, that's where we're all about right now. We're trying to, trying to kind of live through the players, promote better opportunities for them, 
and uh, and grow the sport, create awareness for our fans, and do things a little bit differently. And um, I think in that regard, you're uh, you're able to kind of do do some things that that'll catch people's eye. You know, I, I tell our staff a lot in communications that we're not going to do things the way we've always done it. We're not going to do it just because. Um, some believe that that's the way it should always be done. We're going to do it because it's a way to make a difference, and you can't wait for people to take notice. You got to make them take notice. So you have to be you have to be different. You have to be willing to take some risks and and try to do some unique things that set you apart. Well, all the way around, the players, the sponsors, everybody, you guys were building and rebuilding trust. Correct me if I'm wrong. The players played at you know opening event for no prize money. Is that right? Yeah, that was the Founders Cup uh, last year, and uh, who knew that an idea like that. Um, that was really a risk, let's be real, as turned out to be such a big reward because um, I think it, it showed people that we're going to put the customer first, the fan first, and create an event. And then the sponsor can grab onto something like that and say, you know, this is a worthwhile endeavor. We're going to take this. We're going to run with it. We're going to give money to the future of the game. We're going to pay, pay back some of the great founders of the game, and we're going to pay the players. And that's what we're doing now. We're paying the players. But a year ago, they weren't getting paid. It was going to charity. And I thought it was a big sign for the tour, and I give Mike Warren a lot of credit for uh, outside-the-box thinking, and um, he and I are very aligned on that. We uh, we believe the same thing, that, that you have to be willing to take some risks, you have to be willing to, to stand up for what you believe. And one of the things when I took this job, um, I always felt like the LPGA players were perhaps the greatest ambassadors for their product or their tour or their professional sport that there is in all of professional sports. The problem is, and I think you have to accept that there is a problem when, when things aren't exactly going the way you want, is that the uh, the mountain wasn't tall enough, the stage wasn't big enough, the platform wasn't large enough to shout the message about all the good things that are being done or, or are attempting to be done. And um, so my job as communications chief is to try to grow that platform or grow that mountain a little bit taller so that uh, the players who are on message and, and know what we're talking about uh, are able to shout and have more people hear what we're doing. The mountain, like you said, get that getting that higher, but the product is great. These ladies can flat out play, right? They can definitely play. I uh, I am impressed. I, I spent time on the LPGA tour before, and as a studio guy, I've watched a lot of highlights at a lot of golf tournaments. Um, when you're up close and personal with them, and you spend time inside the ropes and outside the ropes and on the range and on the practice putting green, you realize the talents that they have and. It's only getting better. I would argue that this is the greatest collection of stars the LPGA's ever had. Um, they're, they're uh, you know, very skilled. They're attractive, which does not hurt. They understand um, that they're playing for uh, the fans. They're playing for the sponsors. They know how to say thank you. They know how to be approachable. They know how to uh, go out and take time to be with people and make an impact. And um, so that's what impresses me the most. It's not necessarily just the skill. And there is a ton of skill, and we've gone global. There's a lot of great players around the world on our tour, but, but uh, they definitely understand that, that we're playing for other people, not just themselves. Yeah, I heard there's nothing really more fun than playing in a pro-am with one of these ladies. It's a blast. <laughs> you know what? I've done it uh, on three occasions thus far, and I will say uh, one of the things I like about uh, what we do uh, on occasions, we play a nine-hole, nine-hole pro-am. So if you're in our pro-am, there's a chance uh, in a given week that you're going to get to play with two different professionals one for nine holes and one for another nine holes. And um, I think in a lot of ways, you can you can spend enough time with somebody in two hours, two and a half hours to get to know them, share your stories, learn more about them, and then get to meet a whole other uh, tour star, which I think is, is great for us. Um, 
I think the players are engaging. One of my buddies, I had him play in a program with me, and I said, I, I want your honest opinion when we're all said and done. He's played in a lot of them. His line was, uh, you know what, that's the greatest golf experience I've ever had in my life. Now, he hasn't played Augusta, and he hasn't played Pebble Beach, but he's played in a lot of these programs and a lot of different things, and, and uh, I, I took that as a, a great compliment for our tour. He felt like they cared about him. They wanted to tell stories to him. Um, he enjoyed the heck out of it. So I really enjoyed being a part of our program. I think our program is as good as it could possibly be. Obviously, we're looking to improve things all the time, but, but uh, I don't think you have to tell our players the importance of what Wednesday or sometimes Wednesday and Thursday means to our tour. Craig Can joining us, Chief Communications Officer for the LPGA Tour. Craig, you got the LPGA Championship coming up right around the corner, $2.5 billion purse. Talk about the state of the game right now. Well, I think the uh, state of the game in general is, uh, is just fine. I, I think um, in, a, in a roundabout, strange way, um, Tiger, uh, his downfall, if you will, um, has opened the door for a lot of other people to step up and grab a piece of the spotlight. And uh, I mean that on both tours. The one thing that I would say is that I think some of the ambassadors of the game, the potential ambassadors, a la Tiger Woods or Bubba Watson or, um, you know, Yanni Sen, perhaps a Paula Creamer, I don't think in the past that the state of the game, that the leaders in the game have used them to the best of their ability. I think they all have their own individual, uh, you know, charitable endeavors. I think that's great. But uh, they don't, they don't, um, really jump in to help the overall growth of the game. And I think that's something that we need to, uh, to tap into and really use the Bubba Watsons and, and the Paula Creamers to help uh, kids at the grassroots level. you got to grow from the, from the youngest on up. The teachers need to be better uh, marketers and ambassadors and leaders and, and uh, recruiters, if you will, to get them away from some of the team sports. Or we need to find off be a team sport and create a golf little league type atmosphere, which I think would be a great idea. I have the uh, great opportunity of being on Golf 2020, which is a, a board of uh, leaders in the game, to uh, to talk about the future of the game and uh, and try to find ways to grow it. So um, I'm, I'm in the camp with all those leaders and trying to find great ideas and great ways to do it. Um, I think we have a big challenge ahead of us, but I think we're well on our way to doing some great things. Craig, you hit the nail on the head about the future of the game. Cindy Davis from Nike Golf was on with us late last year, and she talked about the low-hanging fruit in the future of this game are the women and the young ones, and we have to have a bunny slope, per se, of getting them excited about it, getting them interested in a game that sometimes some people may say might be expensive to play or might take a long time to play or might take a long time to get good at. It is a difficult game to get started in. I can't think of a different sport that is uh, more intimidating to get from the practice uh, facility to the overall uh, game field, if you will. Um, I have a, an 11-year-old daughter. My son started playing when he was seven. He doesn't play that much anymore. My daughter um, was taking lessons for a long time as a tremendous golf swing. But you get on the tee, and it becomes a very intimidating sport. You've got people behind you that have played for a long time. They don't want to be slowed up. You feel pressure. It's a very intimidating situation. I think we need to find a way for kids to get into the game, to learn at the very beginning to have fun with the game, to not take themselves so seriously, to be able to understand that there are mistakes. You know, when you start playing basketball, you don't shoot free throws from the normal free throw line that the NBA or college basketball or high school uses. You move yourself up. In golf, perhaps that's where we could put the, uh, the bigger hole into play and, and have it to double the size so kids learn that they can get the ball in the hole and it's not so difficult. Um, I don't mean that all the way around the golf course, but I think as you're teaching kids, uh, women in general, um, I think that's really important. And we at the LPGA, you know, our biggest foundation is, is girls' junior golf, and, and we want to try to get more people in it. 
the other thing is you've got to have you got to have people that have left the game get back into the game. You know, there, there are people that have never started. There are others who used to play a lot and don't play that much anymore. And we need to find them uh, a way to get back into it. I think a big way to do that is with family, with kids, allowing them the chance to uh, to take their, their children out and enjoy it and have family memories, make memories, create memories, and so forth. That's a big opportunity. We all need to find a way to do that. And all of them, um, all of golf's governing bodies all have messages. They all have PSAs. I think uh, sometimes we need to look at that a little more carefully and, and try to figure out what the one message is or the one PSA or the one initiative. And let's focus our attention on that all the way across the board, get the players to buy in, and then really work hard to, uh, to get kids. Maybe we don't advertise just on big golf tournaments. Maybe we advertise on Sesame Street or Nickelodeon and try to attract them that way. You brought up a, a segment that a lot of people forget about. It's not mentioned a lot. The, the people who have who've left the game for whatever reason, if be, albeit time or money or fallen out of love with it, a great way to get back into it is with some of this new equipment. You can go to a demo day and just try some of this stuff out on the range. And it's if you've been off for any length of time, it's amazing what just with the change in the equipment will do for your game. Well, the beauty of golf is is that um, Christmas can come 365 days a year. And it seems like product comes out so fast that it's almost outdated before you get a chance to break in the grips or get them re-gripped. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think sometimes it's a bit of a bad thing. But there's so many opportunities out there for people to put their hands on great equipment that can help make the game easier. And that's one thing that uh, all the manufacturers are doing and, and great places like Edmund Watts try to help people to get fitted to try to make the experience better from the get-go. Uh, you know, a lot of times we used to start out with cut-down clubs or or uh, somebody's used clubs, and, and today you can buy a new set for relatively inexpensive dollars and get out there and play, and that, that's a game improvement club that can help you get off to a good start. So, you know, I, I think that's an important thing. I think we need to find ways to get more people in touch with the equipment. And uh, how do you get kids? Uh, maybe you do demo days at public schools as opposed to driving ranges on the weekend where, uh, where only the adults are out there kind of playing hooky from the family, if you will. I'm not criticizing those people for, for taking Saturday time away, but we got to find a way to mix uh, family and golf together to try to grow the sport. Craig can joining us. Craig, last couple of questions. Dominant players on the LPGA the last few eras, I guess you could say. We had Annika for a long time, and then Lorena came, and now there's Johnny. I think you may know where I'm going with this. Do you see sometime in the foreseeable future that we're going to see an American come back and dominate, or has the game shifted so much internationally that there's just so much talent worldwide? We, we see it on the men's tour. I mean, they're, they're, the international game is amazing. The, uh, the LPGA has already gone global. We don't shy away from that. Um, some of our greatest stars are from Asia and elsewhere, uh, Spain without the Jara Munoz and Belen Mozo and Beatrice Ricari and so on and so forth, um, Sweden and, and, and everything. Um, so we, we embrace that. I, I think you can get into a, a situation where you're saying the, the group of Asians or the group of Europeans, or the, you know what, golf is global, and uh, it, it allows for all comers, and every country has their own Tiger Woods, or uh, maybe even a, a Paula Creamer or a, a Yanni Sen that, that's grown up trying to be that next great star. So I think that's important. I think there can't be an American that comes up and steps up. We've been looking for the next Nancy Lopez for quite some time, and um, uh, we might have it in Lexi Thompson. I, I don't know that that's fair, you know fairly fair to Michelle Wee for her to have that heaped upon her. A lot of times in sports, and I've been around sports in general for 25 years, covering different college and professional, uh, every professional sport there is, 
we expect so much so quickly from potential stars that we never let them have a chance to try to get there on their own. They're always forced into the spotlight to where the media attention becomes so big sometimes that they end up faltering. And, and probably no bigger example than tennis where, where uh, the peak years are, are oftentimes before they ever hit 20. I just don't think it's fair. I think um, I think we need to exert a little patience and and uh, support those and grow the game with those and 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 be there to, to to try to promote through them, but allow them to to kind of get there on their own. And um, to me, that that's a big thing. I, I know the LPGA is big on the global property. Um, like I said, we don't shy away from that. We promote it. Yanni's a fantastic player, a great human being. Appreciates the spotlight. Whatever she can do to help grow the tour. Well, we had that with Annika. We had that with Lorena, and uh, we've had that with so many great stars in the past. And I think we're we're just in a perfect place right now with the number of players we have from various countries that uh, make up the LPGA. Well, Craig, as we close, finally, you've got another major coming up. Tell us what, you, other than perfect weather, tell us what you're expecting to see in Rochester. Well, we're, ho- we're hoping to see some great weather in Rochester. Uh, what I expect to see is the same thing we've seen in Rochester for years, and that's great support for the LPGA. The one thing we don't have to do, and I was up at their media day not all that long ago speaking on behalf of the tour, uh, you don't have to educate them on the tour or the players um, or the ability to enjoy a golf event. They've been there and done that. They're experts in the field. Um, we get great fans support. They love the players. The players love being there. It's a, it's a, it's a real big community effort. Um, you know, Yanni's got a chance at the Career Grand Slam. That's a big deal. Um, you'll also see something on our caddy bibs that week that uh, is going to be different from any other tour. Uh, we announced it a few weeks back. Um, we're launching Twitter handles on the back of the caddy bibs. So from the social media aspect, you'll find out uh, everybody's Twitter handle for all the big players on the tour. Uh, we think that's a big thing and a way to get noticed. Um, we support and try to promote our players as personalities outside of just uh, having a name on a golf bag and in between the ropes. So um, that's going to be something that's going to draw some eyeballs that week for sure. But uh, Yanni's probably the big story. Um, can anybody catch her? She's had great success at this event. Um, will the Americans step up? Is Stacey Lewis ready to grab another major? Is Paula Creamer ready to grab another major? Uh, is Michelle Wee back now that she's graduated from college? A lot of great storylines, and uh, I'm really looking forward to a fantastic week. I wonder if you can help me, Craig, as we close what we try to do each episode. Our vendors we work with, they're so gracious in giving us prizes to give away to some of our customers. We've got to register to win prize a dozen of the Bridgestone B330 Tour golf balls. That's the ball Matt Kuchar played with to win the Players' Championship just a while back. And we've got a couple of hundred entries for this, and I'm going to let you announce the winner. All right. Jason Carter is the winner, huh? Charlotte, North Carolina? Charlotte, North Carolina is it. Congratulations, Jason. You'll get get those balls out to you, and you get to play the ball that Matt Kuchar was playing just a couple weeks ago down in Ponte Vedra. Craig, thanks so much for joining us. Final words for our listeners as we close? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is that we appreciate all the fans. Um, we, we hope they'll come out and touch our product, if you will, and be out there and come to an event and, and then play Paul Revere and let everybody know about all the good things that we're doing. Our motto, our marketing tool this year, our slogan is see why it's different out here, and every single thing we're trying to do is to try to promote the players, promote the game, and give the fans an experience that they won't forget. Um, it's, a, it's a fantastic tour and a, a lot of great golf. I think a lot can be learned from watching them, so we hope they'll come out. Craig, we appreciate it so much. You've got a busy schedule. Thanks so much for taking the time, and hopefully we can do it again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Great talking with you. Take care. Likewise. Bye-bye. What a great interview with Craig Can, Chief Communications Officer of the LPGA Tour. 
Well, thanks so much to the LPGA Tour for setting that up. Thanks again to you, our listeners, for tuning in each episode. And join us next time when we have another episode of Golf Better at edwinwattsgolf.com. So long, everyone.